Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about The Boys Season 1, Episode 1, it's called The Name of the Game. So, full spoilers, well actually no, we'll start spoiler free, it's in Episode 1, we'll start spoiler free and we'll give you warning in the middle before we go into spoilers. So, this is Amazon Prime's new original show, 8 episodes Season 1, although it's already been renewed for Season 2 so they're feeling pretty confident about it. Uh, yeah. Launched today. Uh, well, at the time of recording, you could be listening to this months from now. But when this goes it up, did. it was today. Yeah. yeah. Um. So this is based on a comic book by Garth Ennis and Eric Kripke. Well, he's the the comic book. Eric Kripke is developing it for TV. He's the showrunner. Yeah. yeah. Um. And it's about a world in which superheroes are dick bags and a group form to take on the superheroes. Um. I would actually, bizarrely, I would compare it, if, if nothing else, to Mystery Men, and that you've got these really corporate superheroes. They, they don't quite have, like, uh, logos and stuff and, like, endorsements on their outfits, but it was making me think of Mystery Men a little bit. Yeah, because they're all kind of employed by a company. Yeah, Vogue, or something like that. Vought. Vought, yeah. Yeah, they're unplayed by Vought. Um, and they're, they're very clear sort of Justice League knockoff. It's definitely DC's heroes. They're kind of aping on a little bit. Uh, there's yep. a clear Superman. There's a clear Wonder Woman. There's a clear Aquaman and so on. Um, and you kind of get a sense of who each one's supposed to be. To the point where Aquaman, specifically the Deep, his costume is like pretty close. Like It's just a slightly different colour scheme. Yeah, whereas the others are all like, okay, they don't necessarily look exactly like the the hero but they're still close supposed to be that hero his outfit is just oh no if you put an a on that i, I would buy this just a, like maybe like the movie changed the colors it's the, it's the it's the stealth suit sure yes that's that's what it is it's the stealth suit colors instead of the the orange yeah so the story of or at least the first episode is uh, about the collateral damage that the heroes cause and kind of uh, or one of our main characters huey him kind of being uh, recruited by Carl Urban's character, who's in this, of course, was nice to see. Uh, his character Billy Butcher it seems to be the one sort of spearheading this like anti-hero movement, yeah. and he kind of tries to recruit Huey. Um, so that'd be my spoiler-free kind of just summary of the episode. But uh, well, so we'll save any more plot for later. Uh, I don't know about you. I I was kind of in a weird place before this. Like the last trailer, I thought was kind of promising. I have only seen the one trailer, the the first one that, that we looked at. I never watched any others. No, the second one was a better trailer. Um, had more of an upbeat kind of attitude to it. Um, but I don't know for for some reason. Maybe it was because maybe it was uh, Garth Ennis's preacher was uh, a mediocre TV show, <laughs> or maybe it was I don't know. Just the the trying to be edgy kind of vibe from it. I was worried that it was going to feel I don't know try hard. Like, I, I don't know, I was getting those kind of No, kinda I can vibes. see that. Like, the, oh, look, because the trailer's like, hey, look at all this violence, right? Yeah, yeah. And not um, that I don't enjoy a bit of violence, I do. Although, I will say, the, the one thing pre-launch of the show, right, we'll, we'll obviously say if we liked it or not in a minute, um, that I really liked, apparently, in an interview in the last couple of days, obviously promoting the, the, the launch of it, um, the writers apparently said... So we've not seen any of this in the first episode yet, but they do mention that the heroes do have movies like based on them in the world. And apparently the pretentious movies that I assume we're going to see clips of at some point um, are based on Zack Snyder movies. Oh, that's good. Because it was definitely mentioned that they had movies uh, in this episode. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, yeah uh, but we haven't, like I say, we haven't seen them. So now I'm excited. Yeah, so so that... that, 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 that 
that sense of humor just from that 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 one claim uh was a little you bit kind of go, oh i like you now <laughs> yeah okay i like i like where you're cooking i like where you're cooking so um did you like episode one yeah i did it was a blast i i was i was surprised i was surprised with how much i liked this um i was not expecting something that has some really dark beats at points um yeah is also really funny at other points um but it seems to kind of all click together in a way that makes me want to watch more because like there was always a possibility okay the violence may be really cool but when it tries to do something a bit darker it might feel just kind of yeah you know tasteless or you know i I think the example actually the other thing that the the trailer may have made me worry about uh was kick-ass 2 i don't know if you remember kick-ass 2 Uh, yeah where it's like hey someone going hey we can do this ultra violence edgy realistic shtick and when they can't they really can't no because that movie's terrible first kick-ass fantastic movie second kick-ass absolute garbage um and i was worried that this was going to veer into that as well but actually i was kind of into it i I think it balanced all of its different things fairly well it did a really good job of just focusing on introducing two real characters this episode uh, which is yeah. Huey and Star Girl, not Star Starlight. Girl. Starlight, yeah, Star Girl's an actual DC hero. I think her name was Annie. Starlight will do for now. Yeah. <laughs> Until I hear otherwise. Uh, so it introduces those two characters uh, who are both from different sides of the story, uh, although they do interact a little bit, um, and give us two different perspectives on things. I think one of my bigger concerns with the episode uh, that might travel for the the show is there's a strong reliance on source music. Now, I happen to like all the instances of it in this episode, don't get me wrong, but there was a lot of it that I just worried it might become a crutch as it goes on. Um, I would expect a lot more of it just based on the, the second trailer. Kind of relied heavily on a Space Girls track, and I feel like it's probably going to show up during the show. Um. I'm okay if that's the style it's going for, because it's very clearly established in this first episode that this is just going to be what the the, the way it works is. This, yeah. this is the the choice they've made creatively. They want it to have this because I think they're going for this kind of like we're doing this satire of corporate, the corporate world yeah. mixed with you know the, the the satirization of superheroes, right? So the idea of using a lot of like paid for tracks is kind of working with those themes. Um, sure. What I will say, what I will say about the soundtrack in the first episode, though. Is that I feel like they just watched Itonia because there was two different tracks in this that were both in the Itonia soundtrack. Uh, the passenger was in Itonia. It was also oh, so was a uh, Barracuda. Uh, was Barracuda in Itonia? It was because Barracuda because Barracuda started playing like during a, like a training thing early on this yeah this, training it, montage and it made me think of Itonia because I was like oh I'm pretty sure she was training in that movie when that, this was playing so when Passenger started playing towards the end of the episode i was like wait a minute to be fair both are excellent songs i'm not disputing anything i'm just saying it's a bit of a coincidence that both tracks are in the same episode sure sure can't argue with that (laughs) um so no uh cast are pretty solid as well i have one complaint about the cast oh and i can't believe i'm saying this but if you don't want him doing his own accent, don't cast Simon Pegg. I actually know why they cast Simon Pegg. There's there's a reason for this. Um, the in the comic, the, the his his son Huey, uh, is modelled after Simon Pegg. 
so obviously he was too old to play, you know, himself. So they were, all right, well, we're going to put you as the dad, as, as like a, a, a reference to that. I don't care. His American accent is rough. It's not the best. I'll give you that. <laughs> it's rough. Like every sentence, I was just like, I w it was distracting me. I was focused on his accent rather than the, the scene. He's not in a lot of it, admittedly, so it's not a big deal, but like, yeah. that, that was my one take. I, I, think it, I think that's the only reason he was cast there, is just to, to have a little bit as a, like a, hey, look, he, we, we know he was. Ah, just, just let him have his accent. His mum was American. Fine. You know, dad's English. Whatever. Just go with it. Sure. But no, we have Simon Pegg in an accent. It's not it's great. because we've, we've already got someone else being English, so we can't have two English people. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Carl Aldburn is not English, though. He's, no, uh... he's, he's, uh, he's New Zealander. He's New Zealander, yeah. Um, so he he's he's doing an alright uh, accent, I think. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, may not. Be, it's it's kind of like a. It's not like necessarily a realistic accent in in the strictest sense, but it kind of works in a in a TV show. Uh, no, it almost does. You could at points it feels like he's almost putting it on, but he's playing this kind of borderline flamboyant character in in that role. Uh, that it kind of feels like it works. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I was going to say it reminds me a little bit of Spike from the hit television show Buffer the Vampire Slayer, where the accent isn't necessarily the exact accent I would actually expect to hear from anyone in real life, but it works as kind of a like animated version for for the context yeah. of the character. Um, because he's definitely playing it up. He's dropping C bombs left and right, like everywhere yes. in this episode i like this guy then of course another characteristic outside of the the harsh language and the the i mean <laughs> when it came up at the start it was like you know uh tv ma and it listed all the things that made it MA. yeah i was it like was, oh boy yeah it had everything it, you know it was everything every harsh thing that makes something a, a hard hard r is basically yeah. there uh, or in this case tv ma uh so really extreme um, but obviously one of that is the violence, which is a little bit cartoony in some ways. The um, the huge blood splatter that was in the trailer. Yeah, it's, it is ridiculous. It's over the top to the point where it's not even close to feeling like realistic violence anymore because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of part of the charm. Admittedly, I don't remember. I didn't remember that from the trailer. And I'm glad I didn't because did you see where that? I mean, without spoiling anything yet, did you see? What, did you know where that scene was going? Uh, I kind of clicked towards the end. Yeah, uh, I never had any idea where that scene was going, um, and I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I'd forgotten. Yeah. Whatever it was in I the had. trailer, I'm not too annoyed at them because it was in like the first ten minutes of the episode. So, if if you're gonna put a big shocking moment like that in a trailer. Yes, use the first one, right? Get out of the way. Oh, sure. I, th I still think it worked better for me, though, not knowing. Um, yeah, maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know much more spoiler-free stuff I've got to say, so I think I think we'll just give a spoiler warning here so I can talk about this, because... Uh, um, so, we're introduced to Huey, we're at the electronics store, and we see that he's a bit of a... You know, he, he doesn't really stick up for himself, he's trying to ask for a raise, and he, he, he's too scared to kind of actually go through with it. Um, but his girlfriend comes over after, uh, Robin. And they're cracking some jokes with each other, and very quickly, 
she was likable, but she also made him likable because he wasn't necessarily unlikable before. But it was them together. He, he, where he I, didn't have anything. Yeah, before. but it was when they were together where I went. I actually really like both of these characters very quickly. This is good writing. This is this is very smart. It's made me like them really quickly. Now, sure, it's actually impressive that they make me like her enough that when she dies in like thirty seconds, I'm going to care about it. But at the same time, it has this double-edged effect when I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to even trust this show if they make me like a character now. Like, because yeah. that was so convincing how much you made me like her and the, the minute you had with her that I, I'm, you know, because cause they're, they're, they're joking about, you know, laying pipe <laughs> and laying cables. Yeah, it was yeah, laying, laying pipe versus cable. Yes. Apparently, cable is known as taking a dump, whereas pipe is having sex. But yeah. she used cable to mean sex. It, was, it sounds silly when I'm explaining it, but it, it was adorable enough in the it scene. It was charming, yeah. Yeah. Um, and... You know, she she just gets splattered by uh, A Train, which is the Flash uh, knockoff in this world, and he just runs right through her. And you literally see like part of her jaw floating in the air, like with the blood, because because that ultra slow motion, you know, and the, the spine this. as well. Yeah, um, it's, it it looks like a scene out a Predator, but ramped up even more. Like that, that's yeah, it's. I said it's so ultra violent it's ridiculous that it's not even close to being But here's the thing though, here's the thing. Like this should almost be funny, but I don't think it is because they actually made me like her. They made me like her before mm. it happened. So I wasn't laughing. <laughs> no, no, you're not. I was annoyed. I was like, What you just you just uh doiled my ass here, what are you doing? <laughs> Can't be having this. Yeah. Um so that that sets up sort of the main plot of the episode, which is obviously his girlfriend has been killed uh collateral damage because a train's been running from a bank robber or something like that although we do find out later that that's not entirely true and there's something suspicious going on about why he was running and what he had in his bag and so on and so on um and because he he can't get any justice on his own he wants to try and sue his dad's like nah we don't have this in us we can't afford the lawyer just take the the hush money yeah they're offering forty five thousand in exchange for signing to say nothing should, should have been 52. That would have been a lot funny. I'm not gonna lie. If they'd done that, I would, I would have appreciated that. Should have been fifty-two thousand. Anyway, um, but of course, Carl Urban comes by to see him and says that he's an FBI agent. He's not, but not. <laughs> he says he's an FBI agent and says, "No, superheroes get away with all this crap all the time. They're, they're a bunch of absolute, you know, assholes." Um, and he convinces them enough that he kind of tags along and they end up going to this superhero bar where there's flying people having sex in the sky there's you know there's a, there's the atom <laughs> going into someone the the vagina specifically yes because yeah. um, you left that very open that could have been any I, orifice I, I, I feel like the implication was pretty clear yeah, but I think we have to actually comment on how the scene actually presents itself because you see him take like a he's like at the end of a table and he runs and does a does giant a leap up, yeah. and just goes into the skirt. It's 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 a pretty comical visual. Uh, it is, yeah. And then there's the Mister Fantastic dude who apparently is a very anti-gay like spokesman in the world, but he's having sex with like four dudes here at the one time with his stretchy powers. Yeah, but, and and that ties into as well as being you know just kind of ironically funny in the scene. Uh, it ties into a lot of the themes of these heroes don't believe in whatever they say. They do, okay, well, Vought tells them this is what you're you're doing. You're the face of this, so they go off and do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I do kind of like, though, how it escalates throughout the episode because obviously we're, we're, we've been sticking to this one plot and we've been ignoring the Annie plot up until now, but, um, like, 
the the A train thing does seem like I mean it's obviously the way he runs away after it doesn't feel great, but it does seem like okay that was kind of an accident and like we were just talking about collateral damage here when accidents happen. It's because not... we've seen a lot of superhero movies. There's always collateral damage to some extent. Yeah, not to this extent, admittedly, but yeah. Um, no. But it's it's the scene with Annie actually because she she's she's training and she wants to go and interview to because they've they've lost a member of the seven right so these seven he's members retired. of the seven and they are they're they're interviewing all over the country and she's got superpowers. Uh, she was born power abled. Uh, was was that the phrase she used? Super abled. Super able. I think it was super abled. Yeah. Um, and she can do this like blind and light blast thing and she's also got super strength she can pick up the car and she can punch the walls she's doing all sorts of things and she gives this heartfelt speech about why she wants to be in the seven they call her and give her the job she's brought out on stage uh with the deep which is their aquaman and he takes her back to the the headquarters and shows her the big meeting table and all the rest of it it's this scene here where you get your first real taste of um, just how despicable they are. Like, you know, because yeah. up until this point, we've not really seen them do anything, like, evil. Uh, and then this scene, she, she's just kind of admitting, oh, I kind of had a crush on you when I was a teenager, and, like, I had a post on your wall. And she turns around, and again, it's, it's this kind of balancing act of the dark thing with the comedy here, because she turns around, and he's just not got his pants on anymore. And he's he's stroking away, um... And he's like, what? You said you had a crush on me. Like, but it, the way it just kind of abruptly cuts to his bare ass in your face, it, there is kind of like a dark humor to it, as well as it being really dark. But it gets darker, though. The rest of the scene's actually the the real dark part. The, yeah. Uh, because he, you know, because she gets, you know, upset. She, she uses her powers, everything cracks, all the TV screens all crack. Um, and you think, oh, well, she's going to be fine because she's got superpowers. She's going to fight him off. Uh, there's nothing to worry about here. But then he's like, "No, I'll see you attack me. Look at all this. Look at all this damage. Like, yeah, I'll see." Yeah, it's like, forget, forget being part of the seven. I'm, you know, I, he's like, "I'm, I'm the second in command here. If I say no, well, tough, you're out." Yeah, he basically says, "You're not getting the job unless you do this." Um, and we don't see it happen, but you know, the next time we see her, she's in the bathroom throwing up, and she's got mascara running down her face. It's very clear that it that it happened. Yeah. Um. And it's you know it gets kind of dark, and this is the kind of thing that I I was worried about before the sh- before I saw the show, and I was a little bit worried during this scene. I mean, it didn't do anything on its own that was making me feel, but I was worried. Okay, where is this going to keep going? What's this going to do? But I think it was the scene where she ends up on the bench next to Huey. Just by chance, they end up sitting next to each other, and they kind of have like a friendly conversation, not really knowing who each other are or what they're specifically going through. Yeah. Um. And it was her actually describing this and him kind of giving her advice about, um, you know, talking about Robin and saying how she used to always fall down when she was ice skating, but she... Was it ice skating? I think it was ice it skating. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, you fall down your ass, but that doesn't mean you have to stay there. And it, she, it gives this pep talk and she's like, you know what, you're right, I'm a fighter. And it, I was like, you know what, this has actually been handled much better than I think I was going to expect from this show. Like the the way it actually deals with the aftermath of this incident. Yeah, because the immediate aftermath in the in the, in the bathroom, like there's the, the the Wonder Woman's there, and it's just like, come on, sort yourself out. Uh, it's very matter of fact and uncaring. Well, the exact phrase was, uh, "Don't let them see yourself like this." Um, yeah, that was that was the second bit. She definitely said, "Sort yourself out first. Yeah, yeah, but that was the line that stuck out to me um, because it wasn't even given with um, like compassion. It was given, don't let them see yourself with this. It's pathetic kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and then there's the, again, the dark joke at the end where the, 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 the invisible dude is uh, uh, in there. Just sort of, because we, yeah. we saw him on Fallon already. 
um, being interviewed about his powers. Uh, but because the Wonder Woman, uh, Queen Maeve says, "Oh, you're such a pervert, uh, translucent," and he just appears and he's butt ass naked in the background. Um, yeah. And I don't know what it is. Something about full frontal male nudity is just really funny to me. I don't know why. It just. <laughs> It's just something funny about it, all right? If you say so. Yes, I don't know what it is, but it's just something amusing about it, all right? Dicks are funny. Uh, I mean, <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> I, I will say, I, I also find it humorous, but just because of you know, him just being called out and be like, ah, oh, damn it, fine. And yeah. kind of just strolling off, going, right? Okay, I guess that's over. Yeah, it's a, it's a really... So far, it's an impressive balancing act for me where... It could very easily turn some of this stuff into feeling really tasteless, but so far it feels like it's, it's balancing just enough heart with the actual reality of what the characters went through. Because I think it was it'd be very easy if if we if we went through this episode and felt like Annie was just this victim, and I I think that would feel really painful, and it would and not in a good way, not in a way where the show is you know putting us through this this dramatic story. I don't think it can do that with all the comedy and let it sit well. I don't think it can. I, I think mm. her finding some strength afterwards having this kind of heart to heart with huey um and making her, her stance where she sits down and says i'm not going anywhere um at the table um yeah, yeah. you know and, and obviously like the, the story with her as well apart from the fact that she's sexually assaulted is that this seven that she's dreamed of being in is not this heroic entity that she thought it was it's this corporate cash grab you know the first thing they talk about at the first meeting with her is it's copyright infringement it's, yeah like oh people are doing my movie oh the t-shirts have been sold you know illegitimately yeah, yeah. and you got that superman because i think at this point we've had uh the stuff in the sex club with huey and he, he we've, we've been told oh no that superman he's he is actually as good as he seems you know he is all noble and virtuous and in this scene he's like come on guys let's stop you know counting pennies let's you know, yeah tell me I who mean, you saved this as week. a cynical tv viewer i'm just waiting for him to show his true colors and oh oh yes and, you are and he does and i think but... and i think what was more interesting about that though in this context of this is that it's not that he's the one guy who's actually a goody two-shoes it's that he's the one guy that's fooled uh billy Right, the idea that Billy yeah. thinks he has this good thing, even though everyone else is a scumbag. Even in the the safety of their own headquarters room, where they're all kind of terrible, like you know, there's the the public persona is off, and they're their own terrible selves in there. He still puts on this act of being good. Yeah, my favorite little touch actually in this scene with her at the meeting is uh, Queen Maeve is just drinking booze the entire time. She's got like a you know, it's got the the flask, not the flask, but you know, the the, the jar. Yeah. Of a uh, whiskey see, see classy people don't just drink have the bottle of whiskey they put it in a nice crystal jar that they can pour into a glass from that i mean only if you're gonna go through the whole bottle in like a week <laughs> because otherwise it just, just ruins the whiskey i feel i feel like she's gone through that bottle in a week she probably is yeah. she can probably afford to yes yes um yeah. that's the last well, usually it's, it's rich alcoholics who usually do this for a reason yeah, that's true. So, no, uh, so all this I like uh, all the little superhero touches so far. I'm liking. Um, we also, of course, get interested in Elizabeth Shue's character, who we knew was going to be in this, and she's like the I don't want to say the head of the company, but she's definitely the person going around and making the deals and she's, being the the spokesperson. 
Yeah, I was say, at the very least, she's the public spokesperson. Yeah. But she seems to have some behind-the-scenes power as well. Yeah, well, she's, you know, we see her you know, introducing Starlight earlier on, whatever, but her main thing this episode is that she's with, I, I presume, the mayor of... Uh... Seems a reasonable assumption. A, a, a high-up city official. Yeah. Uh, what? Because what? It, it was going to go to Atlanta if they turned it down. What city were we in here? I'm not sure, because... I can't remember. They were offered the city because it's uh I can't remember the name of the hero, but he was in Detroit. So it was in Detroit. Detroit. Yes, I just can't remember the name of the city that they were in. And being offered Chicago, I don't know. It wasn't Chicago. Maybe Burbank. It was something like that. Um, uh, I can't remember. But anyway, so they're negotiating. Okay, your city clones a hero. Your 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 murder rates up sixty percent. Blah 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 blah. Um, we've got this this hero for you. Uh, you know, you'll get ten percent of the merch profits and this and blah 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 blah. And you need to pay us three hundred million a year for for this hero to cover your city. Um, uh, he tries to haggle her down, particularly with some blackmail material, because he's like, "Oh, I've heard some rumors about this, this, this uh, V, uh, something V, yeah. yeah." Um, and you know, some some sort of serum or something like that. Um, Which I feel is 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 clearly the most important thing from this plot right now. Oh, probably, yeah, updated. this is probably going to be a huge thing for later in the season. Yeah, it, it's it, is this something that gives them a power boost? Is it something? Is it a way they control their heroes? If let's say that that one of their heroes doesn't toe the company line, is this something that makes them more, you know, uh, willing to do what they're told? Is this what they dump into the water supply to hopefully make new heroes? Like, are they actually all manufactured in a weird way? Yeah, yeah, could be. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure. We'll, I'm sure we'll get into this. But uh, later on, she calls him and agrees to 230 million uh, and asks him to keep the rumors thing. But this is the thing: as soon as she said the sentence, "Have a, a safe flight," I was like, "Okay, he, he's oh, dead. She's doing something." Yeah, yeah that plane's going down. Uh, and yeah, of course, we end the episode. Yeah, line. we end the episode with uh, uh, with what oh God what was his name again? Homefront man. Homefront. That sounds. Homelander. 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 <laughs> I was I didn't think Highlander, but Homelander. <laughs> uh, but we see him flying outside the plane. It does that nice thing where his eyes light up red first, and you know what he's yeah, about to do. But it's worse because obviously the kid's there, and he's got the the sign picture of Homelander. That, yeah, that's obviously yeah, yeah. His, his hero and, and he and just blasts the plane in half and it just goes down and he's just left floating there it's like okay so he's just he's if anything more evil than everyone else it's just a case yeah. of you know how bad are the rest of them at this point now oh sure um but i, I think he's secretly the most evil he doesn't show it, obviously but i think this has shown that he's just the most sinister yeah because yeah, um, obviously we see a train laughing about robin's death you know we see that security footage that's, that's yeah. why they go to the, the sex bar place in the first yeah. place uh so so there's, a, there's a moment around that plot there um where i actually wondered if if uh if billy butcher was there just to just to convince him to sign the, the form yeah, you because know, he's like, he's like oh. okay, you know, he shows up not long after he turns down signing it. Seems to know everything about him. I was like, you know, is he a plant? Is he there just to, okay, the, you know, Vought sends him. He's like, go on, just take him around the other side and, and pretend you've got a plan and they'll sign it because tough they're done then. Um, yeah. I mean, but... I, I think by the end it's, it's close not, but it was sort of something that was yeah. crossing my mind uh, d- during the episode. It never did, and I think that was just because of the trailers. I just kind of like in the trailers, it just it felt like every every clip with them was a, it was about 
killing or beating up the heroes. <laughs> so, yeah, see, I, I only watched the one trailer. Um, so I, n- I never g- even considered that for a second. Um, but yeah, he, he wants to wants him to plant a bug in the hero's headquarters. So he wants him to get an apology from A-Train in person, uh, which he agrees to and tries to set up. And he's a nervous wreck. He's you know he's you know when A Train walks in, he sees him covered in blood. He's not really covered in blood, but he sees him covered in blood because that's what he looked like the day that he he ran. Yeah, through he has Robin. that like that um that reaction a couple of times throughout the episode, like when he's in the store and just sees all you know all the the merchandise and branding with him on it. Yes, yes. In fact, notably, I'm drinking a Red Bull right now, and there was a, a standee. He was he was holding, he was a, holding Red a Red Bull, which yeah. makes sense. That's what you get the speeds to promote, right? Uh, Vought knows it's marking. Hmm. Yes, but maybe a bit oversaturation though. He was on like five products. Yeah, because <laughs> he was store. on the uh, he was on the beer, he was on the cereals, and then the Red Bull. Yeah, yeah, and then he was in the magazine cover as well that the cashier was reading. I I, I guess the, their Justice League have priority. Yes, apparently. Um, I mean, presumably this this is his city. If they're all covering a city each. Probably, yeah. I, I would have, I would have thought so, uh, but. Yeah, so so yeah, he he drops his. He actually almost runs into uh, into Annie again because she's in the bathroom for a second while he's in the cubicle trying to get his his uh, his wire tap out. Uh, he drops it though on the floor, and obviously they've neatly set up at this point that sometimes translucent is hanging out in the bathroom uh, to be pervy, and he sees all this. Uh, so he comes by at the end, and we get this glorious fight, um, because. <laughs> basically Billy's dropped off Huey and said I don't need you anymore you've done your job you can you know maybe I'll need you for something else soon but this is kind of goodbye for now uh, but once he's on his own once the boss has left the electronic store and Huey's left to lock up uh, we see the door open and he's attacked by by Translucent and then of course the car comes in uh, you know Billy crams him in the car him across the store and he's still invisible but you can just see him you know crashing well this is what I was getting to this is this is for me maybe the best visual moment of the whole episode is you can see all of the uh you know all the shelving in the store as he goes flying through it all you see it all breaking in half as something's flying as 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 if something's flying through it but you can't see him so it's a really interesting visual and it's all this sort of bird's eye view just going back um so it's a really cool visual and then of course the visual even gets better because after that um he can't see him, you know, because, you know, Billy gets out with his crowbar and he's ready to go to yeah, town. London calling starts playing. Yeah. Um, and eventually we can see him because he splits... He, once he's once he's been beaten up a bit, Billy, he spits his blood on his face so that he can see him. So we have yeah, this invisible and then, guy. And then on the hands as well, so he can see them coming. Yeah, but, you know, we have this invisible guy who just has... And it's not a lot of blood either. This is what I like about it. It's, it's not drenched in blood. This is not like all of a sudden it's, he's it's a, head a to toe in blood. A little, yeah. It's just a little bit in the face, a little bit in the arms and hands. And that's it. But it's just enough to see it. Um, and then Huey sort of jumps in, and he's going to electrocute him with the power cable, but it doesn't quite reach. So then Billy kicks him back into it, and then he he dies. He's electrocuted and dies. So that's kind of where we end the plot with them: is that they're trying to dispose of the body. Uh, and, I imagine it's fairly easy to dispose of an invisible body. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. Will he stay invisible? You know, once his once his heart rate is completely gone, does it? Maybe, maybe not. That's, I mean, it goes yeah. to say he was still invisible when he was dead at the end. Yeah, yeah, but I'm waiting until you know, like, you know, like maybe all the way off. off. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. But we have um, we have this moment. So uh, where Belly's like, "Yeah, you help me dispose of the body." I mean, you did. You you just killed one of the seven. This is kind of a big deal. We have to deal with this. It's like, no, you help me with the cars. Like, well, you know, whatever. It doesn't really matter. The point is, we're both in deep shit. Let's 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 deal with this together. So as much as that, we had the kind of oh, like you're out of this now, Huey, kind of moment. Like 
clearly he's not. Like I feel like Billy was literally just waiting. He was bait the whole time. Yeah, he was bait. That, that's ultimately what it was. Um, so I mean, hell, maybe does Billy have a specific vendetta against Translucent? So that's who he was trying to bait, or is it just anyone that? I think it was just which he. I think he just knew that he's going to get found out when he plays plants this bug because he's just not that good at this stuff. Mm. And whoever it is, I'll be. You know, I'm going to hit him. Yeah, actually, that was one of the things that was when he first told him his plan about the bug. He's like, "Well, you want me to sneak into the headquarters and plant a bug like I'm James Bond?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah uh, also, good. also later on, actually, when he's explaining how to use the bug. And he, he describes it really quickly, like, like five or six different steps really quickly. It says, and that's it, Bob's your uncle. Like, it's split. Uh, yeah, he goes through like three or four of those sayings, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, what do you mean, that's it? That was a lot. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> Say it again, but slower. And it's like, ah, off you go, kid. You'll be fine. Oh, dear. Um, so, no, I, I like... I think I... I mean, if I was to sum up my feelings in this first episode, is that by the end of the episode, I really liked Huey. I really yeah. liked Starlight. Um, Carl Urban's character is really funny. Um, he's he's not emotionally attached yet. Like I feel like the, the two leads, I actually feel sympathetic for. I'm actually kind of rooting for them already. Carl Urban's kind of this wild card who's kind of entertaining. He's the one that you want to see him take him on because he's fun. Yeah, but he's not like I don't care about him as a character yet, and that may come in time. But right now he's the wild card, um, and that's fine. Um, but the visuals when it does get wacky with its with it, with the powers of the violence, um, so far there's like two or three big examples in this episode, and I think they all look really cool and they all feel like big moments. It, it, it this feels like maybe the most expensive Amazon show I've seen so far. For now, yeah. I mean, I guess the other the next most expensive thing would probably be Jack Ryan, just because. Was that it, looked good for what it was? Yeah, it wasn't effects heavy in the same way that like something like this would be. Uh, but it, it did look kind of slick. It looked like no, they put money into that. You know, a lot it of locations. Professional, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, I hope this bodes well for the expanse. Well, there's a trailer for season four. You can go go have a I look. D- at I it don't want to watch it. Go, go go check it out if you want. I don't, don't want to see it. I I, I, it's too long to wait to to watch a trailer mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, it's already been real for season two. So I mean, if 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 the quality keeps up, if the if the promise of this first episode holds for these eight episodes. Um, we already have a season two confirmed, which I'm I'm glad that they did that because it it shows a lot of confidence to do that before it airs, uh, especially on something like Amazon where you know it's it's all about driving this you know people to subscribe, right? So it it does help. It's like oh you know people are, oh there'll actually be a season two, so they're probably more inclined to watch it. But uh, it's still a commitment on their part that um, it's always a usually a sign of quality. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually surprisingly impressed with episode one. I was not expecting to be as positive. I, you know, I, I thought that it might be a middling thing and it, maybe it'll get better or something, or it was just going to be poor taste and turn me off immediately. Um, but so far it seems to be balancing the, yeah. the satire and the harsh themes with its humor fairly well. So, so what we're saying is it's more kick-ass one than kick-ass two. The one comparison I would make with the first Kickass, though, is the idea of the heart being in there uh, yeah. amongst all the chaos, which is my favorite thing about Kickass. Like, I think if you take the heart out of Kickass, it's 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 a B movie that's almost worthless. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad movie um, because the rest of it would still be good enough, but it wouldn't be a like okay, like a properly good movie. 
All right, that has been our discussion of the first episode of The Boys. So, by all means, uh, let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments below. You can like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the show and the channel and everything we do here, you can do that over at patreon.com slash TV, where you can support us for as little as $1 per month and get some bonuses, extras, and some early stuff. Uh, check out other content that's coming your way. Uh, we have Main Hunter Season 2 starting soon. We have Glow Season 3 starting soon. We have Dear White People Season 3 starting soon, uh, amongst other things. So go and have a look at those um, when they start hitting. Uh, if you listen to the audio podcast version of this, uh, do rate the podcast on your podcast app. Um, and... This is on the feed with a lot of the TV show reviews. Of course, all the Netflix shows are on their own feed, uh, the Netflix uh, reviews audio feed. Uh, just search Mailfuzz TV, you'll find all our feeds. Uh, i go to Patreon, because a nice big list of them all at the top of the uh, the page. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla? <laughs>